Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And here we are, uh, just after celebrating our our 100th show. Here we are mm-hmm. with uh, starting a fresh new 101 program. 101. That should be a lucky number, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I asked John on our earlier podcast as our guest uh, whether he thought we would actually make it to 100 uh, programs, and uh, I, I never asked you, Dan. Uh, you know, there's a few times where I thought we were losing interest. We lost our steam, but uh, mm-hmm. it's like it's like anything else, right? You you kind of get back into the swing of things and back in the groove, and and right. uh, you know, here we are. Like and. As I'm looking for new guests all the time, sometimes it's hard to find. So it's like feast and fa- feast or famine. Like sometimes right. I'm dying for guests to get back to us, and then sometimes I get tons of emails, and I'm like, "Oh, this is great." Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, it's something that's always, you know, going to be an interest, and I, I hope that we can do the podcast for as long as we possibly can. You know, because we have some really great people on the show. For and, sure, uh, we have two ladies joining us today. We have another Rachel and and an Allison with one L. We were told earlier, <laughs> but a <laughs> and, Rachel that actually spells her name properly without yeah, the E. Oh, right. that is dirty talk, <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty. And these two ladies are part of the Paranormal Seekers, and they are based out of uh, Oshawa, Ontario, which is just east of Tirana. Welcome to the Phantom Faction. Well, thank you for having us. And uh, Allison, you, you were a last second add-on, but we're we're happy to have you as well. Yeah, well, that whole stay-at-home order kind of stopped us from getting together to do it. And uh, I just was in the middle of momming it up. So, <laughs> Well, if the two of you got together, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have ratted you out. There's no exactly. rats here. <laughs> snitches, snitches get stitches, right? <laughs> so, the Paranormal Seekers. Yeah, uh cool. A paranormal group and investigators what's your specialty what's going on out there in oshawa region durham region what isn't going on what out isn't there? going on <laughs> that's even um, better yeah uh so the paranormal the paranormal seekers um we specialize in historic locations and afterlife awareness so basically what we're doing is we're bringing forward um just history and making it interesting and letting people know that just because you have ghosts and spirits doesn't mean they're evil um, or, or, you know, your haunted house doesn't mean it's out to get you. Uh, Basically what we do is we are bringing those stories from the past back to life and giving them, giving them their names and their identities and their stories back. Cause once, once you lose those stories, they're gone forever. That's right. And uh, I guess, uh, there's a lot of history out your way and uh, a lot of spirits as well. Yeah. Well, we travel, we do travel all over Ontario. Um, we're, but mostly we've done the, our area and then East. Um, but we do travel throughout the whole province. 
I think it's proximity, right? So uh, Rachel and I worked at an authentically haunted house. A friend of ours had turned it into an escape room. Um, Record goes back to 84, 85. Uh, We had patrons come in that were like, hey, I worked here when it was a law firm. And uh, did you know it's haunted? And Rachel would say, actually, we do. Would you like to know who they are? Um, Because we spent a lot of time asking questions, using our specialized equipment and our abilities to get answers and then using research. Uh, Rachel knows exactly where we went and archives. We were able to link the names to the people who had owned this location. Uh, in and around this location is uh, the Automotive Museum and Memorial Park, which are two extremely haunted and memorial-like places. Uh, the one thing Rachel has taught me in the years I've been with her is people just love their stuff. And so they often, you know, check on their cars and make sure they're okay that are in the uh, automotive museum. Um, And as well, Memorial Park is a memorial to soldiers. Uh, Rachel would know more. I think both wars, was it? All wars. Yeah. All wars, yeah. um, So, you know, I mean, and that, is that because it's a city? Mm, Maybe, but I think more so it's the proximity to all of the locations and the history of the place that leads to the supposed hauntings um, or alleged hauntings that we just happen to um, try and figure out. (laughs) Right. I think Dan and uh, I are paranormal investigators ourselves. And and we basically found that it doesn't really matter where uh, any location can have spirits. Uh, You know, it doesn't have to be that uh, old house down the road or, you know, it could be a brand new building. It could be because of the lot that it's on. Uh, do you find the same thing? Yeah. Um, for us, it, it doesn't matter if it's old, new, been there for a few years, been there for a hundred years. Um, it, it really just all depends on, on the items that are in the building, the land it's on, um, the people who are living there. It's just everything combined um, is, is kind of what brings us ha- the haunting out um, or the ghosts out or the spirits out. Um, it, it just really all depends. All right. And do you do the research beforehand before you go to the location? Or is this something that you don't want to know until you get there? Pardon my dog. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will do most of the research beforehand, only me and I'll share it with a few select individuals from the team. So if I'm not in a room, they may be able to validate um, our medium on our team if she's there. Um, so I will do some research beforehand. So I kind of have a base, uh, like, uh, basic names, dates, um, interesting things that may have happened, um, any type of activity throughout the years, just so I have record of it. Um, and then afterwards, or even during our investigation, if our medium pulls up information, um, or she's getting information from whoever, um, or our, uh, equipment pulls up some information or there's words that are said through our ghost box and stuff like that. I will look it up on the spot and, and research there as well. And I can say that we have caught some fairly interesting things of on the spot research. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. And often, uh, often our mediums will have information beforehand. Like they'll say, Hey, this person's coming to me and they're saying they're linked to here again, Rachel. And sometimes I help depending on the nature uh, heads to research and, 99.9% of the time she nails it uh, and can confirm what the medium was speaking about. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Now you said you focus mostly on historical places. Do you approach them and ask to do an investigation or have some of them come t- to you? Both. We've okay. done both. I've 
I've emailed some places and I've had places email us um, to, to come check it out and kind of give a little backstory. What do you find the responses when you're seeking out uh, the places? This year, the response is great. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if people are, are really bored um, and just looking for a thrill, but um, I, I cold email a lot of places just from people who tell us, hey, have you ever been here? I've had an experience or so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. My grandma's, you know, friend, sister's aunt had an experience. So I'll email these places and say, you know, listen, we've received messages about paranormal, you know, activity at this property, you know, kind of explain who we are what we do and see if they're interested. And so far this year, I've had about five or six bites. Well, that's good. I guess yeah. all, all these places are empty because For everybody's now, yeah. working from home. So <laughs> it's a good time to get in there and check them out. Do you, yeah. do you get calls from people who are uh, having issues with spirits in their homes as well? Like looking for some validation? So we do. Um, we're very weary of uh, investigating someone's home. Um, only because in the past we've done house investigations and the people have been absolutely off the wall. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, as, as much as we want to help, there comes a point where these people were looking for a certain answer. And when they weren't getting that answer, they were just moving on to the next paranormal group. So we go, we have a very strict, um, interview protocol now (laughs) for homes. Um, so if it warrants, an investigation, we will, we will come out and we will take a look. Right. Yeah. We always have to do that little preliminary beforehand and and get, put the feelers out and make sure that, you know, these people aren't suffering from, you know, mental health issues or just, or just looking for attention too. Right. Yeah. So can you, so Rachel, can you tell us, uh, you know, one of your most memorable uh, encounters dealing with spirits? (laughs) Oh, I've got a few. Well, um, let's let's most... hear them. <laughs> Take <laughs> okay. it away. All right. So one was at um, PRZ Paintball, which is the old Prince Edward Heights uh, hospital in Picton. Oh, as soon as you said paintball, I was like, it's going to be that place in Picton. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is before they did the like the uh, the tv shows and everything went there like this was like way way before mm-hmm. um so we went in january um and yes there was snow on the ground yes it was cold we don't stop when the snow flies but uh we were walking down a really long dark hallway with one flashlight because we don't believe in flashlights <laughs> and uh no one wanted to be last you know out of the four so I was like, yeah, what the heck? I'll be last. I said, but, you know, do us all a favor and we'll all put our hands on each other's shoulders. So we kind of don't lose each other in the dark. And of course, me being last, you don't expect to feel someone's hand go on your shoulder. But I did. Um, and I just kind of shrugged it off and kept <laughs> walking. So that was pretty memorable for me because I normally don't feel or see anything. Another one, <laughs> Allison was there with us. Um, we were investigating Lang Pioneer Village in Keene, and we were at the Milburn House, which is one of the front houses. Uh, we were sitting upstairs uh, in the master bedroom, uh, me, Allison, and another team member. We were sitting on the floor doing a ghost box session. Um, it was dark, and I looked up, and I seen from shoulders up, I saw a baby-faced 
blonde haired, blue eyed man staring at us from inside the closet with a big smile on his face. And he was just looking at us. Later found out that it was actually the owner of the house. It was his son who had died during World War One. Wow. And how did you, uh, I mean, you seem, you seem pretty happy about these encounters and pretty calm about them. <laughs> when you had the hand hit your shoulder, you, you knew there was, wasn't anybody behind you, like physically, mm-hmm. you know, did, did you, did you acknowledge the hand? Did you speak to uh, whoever was there or did you just kind of go oh, clam up and well, just keep, keep shuffling along through the dark? <laughs> I pretty much, I pretty much was like, Oh, Oh, okay, uh, I guess you're coming with us. And I just kept walking. Um, yeah, I, had, I can't really say that ghosts and spirits scare me, but when the equipment goes off unexpectedly, that's when you get the scared, Rachel. Right, the jump scares. Allison can, Allison, yeah, because <laughs> Allison has seen it. Because <laughs> it's so unexpected for me. Allison, what you, about, Allison? Oh, yeah, what about you? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, as previously mentioned, we worked in a haunted house. And um, I was setting up one of the rooms and I was in a squat position. There was only one other co-worker in the house. And last I'd known, she was flight downstairs and in the office working on schoolwork. And as I was squatting, I felt a finger from the very top of my head run all the way down my back to, uh, it was not very comfortable. And I whipped around to tell her off and there was nobody there. (laughs) So I went barreling down the stairs. It's a hundred year old house. And I'm like, were you upstairs? And she was like, no. So we rewound the cameras and you see nothing. And me whip around with this reaction and like just storm out of the room. So that was the first real encounter where I was touched um per se and physically like it was uh very uncomfortable uh was, for me it was casper the pervert ghost <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we later found out who who it was um and oh. they didn't mean it that way um it was, sure. it was meant to be loving right so yeah <laughs> who knows you, right you, you had <laughs> your you had your ghostly me too movement yeah. right there Yeah. And I had a lot of very unique experiences in that home. I was often there late alone and or Rachel and I would stay to investigate. Um, This house was like a beacon of light, we would say, for the dead. Um, We had so we had a lot of really interesting experiences in that home. Items came into that home um, from auctions and private sales on like Kijiji that had spirits attached to them. Um, it, it, so that was quite fascinating. Um, another place we were at Scugog Shores Museum and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was down in the basement with another team member and he was going on about shadow man and, and all of this stuff. And I sort of felt this urge to go into this dark room where the recycling and the microwave and stuff was. And there was this unbelievable growl at me and this noise that sounded like something metallic snapping together. I ran out and I ran right by the other team member and up the stairs. And as I was running, he said to me, well, you just passed Shadow Man. Um, So that was another sort of very uh, unexpected and and scary encounter for me. So those would be my two sort of top ones there as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's always, uh, always, uh, you know, a little bit of a hair raiser when you get growled at. 
Yes, so. it was. Uh, it did not feel friendly. So no, I left. No, Dan, <laughs> Danny and I have experienced the growl, and uh, we just kind of looked at the same location, and I and I went, "Nice doggy," <laughs> and uh, and I think we left pretty quickly after that. We were wrapping up anyway. Mm. But um, we also had a doppelganger experience. Oh, oh cool! Yeah, at love to hear the, that. Uh, theater in Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> we, where were we? We were all sitting on the stage. What happened? We saw our team member walk by. And as that team member walked by, the real team member came up from behind the <laughs> tunnel at the stage. And we heard it like, uh, like it was just sho- wow. shocking. How clear was the, the other image of your <laughs> team member? It was like we were 100% sure. Like, wow. 100% sure it hmm. was him. That's a, yeah. that's a lot of energy. To, it was, uh, yeah. to project that. Yeah. Uh, Alice, Allison, you mentioned earlier, I think it was you, um, you know, we did different equipment and your abilities, but you also see you have a, you have a medium on the team. Have you two ladies noticed, uh, I don't know if you have any uh, clairvoyant abilities, but have you noticed that dealing with spirit and going to these haunted locations and opening up to spirit, you've you become more in tune to the spirit world and maybe be able to interact with the ghosts that you come across? Absolutely. I have abilities. I don't define them though. Um, Some of the members on our team all have different abilities. Um, So I'm able to sense them. I'm able to hear them. I'm able to, um, so I'm a social worker and end of life doula in life. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of experience being around people in general. Um, We joke that Rachel and I are the social workers to the living and to the dead. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, we often have those, those circumstances where um, we can be drawn to somebody. I would say I'm definitely empathic. Um, as well. Our medium um, often is very good at composing herself, but we have had instances um, where she and myself will be overwrought with emotion. We can feel their emotion. Um, And that's where that empathic comes in, right? Mm. So um, I think, do you come more sensitive, I guess? Uh, Am I more aware? We'll often be out somewhere somewhere and I'm like, is there a man standing behind me? And they'll be like, oh, she'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, nailed it, right? Um, So those things, you know, you recognize more. Um, I also read energy, so I'm not certified, but I do a lot of Reiki work in in my field um, where I'm shifting people's energy. So I can often sense you know, a shift or a change in energy uh, in a room or around my personal space um, before others. So, you know, whether that's from uh, hanging with the team and using, you know, the ovulus and um, we have uh, spirit boxes and all different, you know, uh, pieces of equipment, our REM pod uh, that we use to to gather information. Um, but I feel that when we go investigating, and this is Rachel's team, like she's built this for many, many years, um, we give the respect to them and the courtesy to them. So it's like they're comfortable with us. And I think when you can establish that comfort that we're not here to harm you, we're not here to send you away. We merely want to talk to you and be able to connect the pieces of your story. Um, we get a lot more success, right? We don't taunt, we don't torment. Uh, I know how bad it can go when that happens. I, I have had that happen firsthand where I've taken <laughs> over someone's angry energy and then that person has come home with me and it's not been good. Well, um, tell so- us about that because that was leading up to my next question. <laughs> because <Sorry. laughs> because I, I, I often ask, um, 
know, what do you do to protect yourself? And, and have you ever had anything follow you home from an investigation? And has it become an issue? But you just, you just led me right into that. So that's <laughs> awesome. So keep going. Um, so I have had, uh, three distinct people follow me home from three very different locations. Um, one was before I was a member of the team, but at one of their public investigations. Um, and he believed I was disrespectful to him. He was a reverend at a church and I had stood at the pulpit and said something. And I guess women in his age and time were never, you know, to be, uh, at the pulpit, um, but we are now friends and uh, he pops in every <laughs> once in a while to say hi. Um, and I believe he is protecting me. So uh, as far as protection, I do have crystals and stones. I also uh, ground surround and protect when I can. Um, and I also, Rachel and I joke that we have a ghost posse. I do believe some of the spirits that we have encountered and that stick around do protect us from the things maybe we can't see that could be a danger. So uh, that was my first time. Another time um, we were doing a presentation at a store and I had a gentleman that resides there come home with me. I knew exactly who he was because he had come home with another team member months prior when we had done another presentation and everything presented the same. Three days, very, very sad, just feeling very depressed, very sad, crying at the drop of the hat. Happened uh, to another team member before me. Um, so we recognized that that link was from that building um, and that person. And then the third was um, the library in Deseronto. Uh, we went to just over a year ago it was pretty much our only legitimate <laughs> investigation of 2020 um so anyways there was a very 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 not nice gentleman attached to that uh that we had known going in that there was a dark energy in one of the back rooms that was about all we knew pardon my dog he uh was very aggressive very angry affected a lot of team members actually one of our team members said he was feeling like he wanted to punch my lights out and he didn't know why so he stepped away from me um another one of our team members she got a little aggressive and by the end of the evening i got aggressive with uh said gentleman trying to provoke him to do something because it was a very strong energy we said like we'll leave you alone if you throw a book right we'll leave you alone if you knock a book off the shelf because there was a lot of reports of that happening in this library um that didn't happen but uh when i was driving home with our medium uh we hit an animal a baby animal and it was like instantly we both just looked at each other and we were like i'm not alone so it was another three or four days uh this was a very very bad uh, attachment very dark um, we had to go very hard to excise it. Um, he was an extremely strong spirit that took several attempts uh, to get rid of, but we feel now he is finally at rest. Um, so that was very scary. I honestly am glad that we didn't have any investigations after that for a long time because it really rattled me. Um, but I also know that I will never, ever, ever, no matter what it is, do that. I will step away before I take on an energy like that again. Right. Do you try to ascend them and get them, get them to move on? No, um, not necessarily. It's not something we do. However, have we crossed people over or joined them into the realm? Yes, we, we have done that um, because they've asked us to. Uh, that's the bottom line. If, if spirit wants that, then we absolutely will do our best to help. Um, but that's one of the biggest reasons that we don't want to investigate homes is uh, because people expect us to get rid of them. And that's not something that 
we are in in into doing we are much right. more history um wanting to you know uh, haunting is history waiting to be retold that's that's what it is and so we focus on the positive aspect of it and allowing people to see that there is life after death so i, I find it interesting that you know one of the spirits that followed you home was a clergyman uh from a church and you know and you know you always think about you know the afterlife especially with people of the cloth, you know, religious folks, you know, the heaven and hell. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny that he would be hanging around the church and not have, you know, he hasn't ascended yet. And he's, you know, still upset with women, you know, sitting in certain sections that they're, you know, quote unquote, not supposed to. And, and, but now you said that he hangs around and he's, he's a bit of a friendly spirit now. From time ever, to time, have, he will pop in. Yeah. Have you have you ever had to ask him, uh, like, as a clergyman, why he hasn't moved on into the light, or maybe he already has? He's come back, or no, I've never personally asked him um, okay. that, but um, he comes and goes, right? So that tells me that he's either at uh, at the and this chapel goes back, I think, to the 1700s, right, Rachel? Like it was. Oh, it's back there. Yeah, I would I would say like early 1800s. And have you um, done have you done any uh background on on him uh, as a person as a living person maybe he wasn't the greatest or nicest guy at the time when he was alive and he's trying to make amends for it now there's so many things that it, it could be um it could be that he's protective of that church it could be that um you know he said goodbye to a lot of people there and that you know is something that holds him here um but you know our team defines spirit as someone basically that has um, you know, died and crossed over and comes back from time to time to visit. So I don't really know if he's always there because I'm, I'm not always there, but it'll often be months and months and months. And then I'll turn on the ovulus or a piece of equipment um, and I'll hear Reverend uh, come up. And that was how he had always referred himself. As far as research, um, I don't believe there's much. I know Rachel has tried to dig because we were trying to connect the dots um, but you know, a lot of the time documents weren't kept or there were fires, uh, historically. Um, and so we just, you know, it's, it's hit or miss when you're looking at early 1800s. If, if, if he would be so willing to give us a first or last name, um, when asked, then we could, but maybe that's just a sign that, you know, he doesn't want to be figured out. He just wants to do his own thing. Or maybe he's a doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> He's not really what he says he is. And and Rachel's kind of looked at me like, yeah, I kind of thought of that. Rachel, so. I got a question for you. You started uh, this, the Paranormal Seekers, is that correct? Yes. You must have had a strong interest in the paranormal, of course. You don't just pick this thing up and go, oh, this is what I'm going to do because that's what they do on TV. Um, yeah. So, and did you have experiences as a young lady or? I did. So the first experience actually that happened um my mom told me um was when i was a baby and she went to go into my room when they lived in ajax and she heard a voice that told her pretty much to get the bleep out and she didn't talk to me um about it for a long time she didn't want to bring it up it scared her um and then growing up as well my my grandparents um they always said their house was haunted and they called the ghost patrick I don't know why, um, but uh, I just, I was over there like 
all the time and nothing seemed to bother me. And I was, couldn't figure out how this house was haunted. Um, and then growing up, I had a few strange experiences that I could never explain. Um, as I got older, I started taking all the ghost books I possibly could out of the library and was reading them all. Uh, my favorite shows were Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, so it kind of just grew up with me as, as I got older. And then once I hit college, I found some like-minded individuals and here we are today. Allison, what about you? Is uh, Some experiences as a young person? Um, so from the time I was about three, I can tell you that I knew they were invisible people. Um, I understood that I was the only one that saw them. Uh, no, nobody else did. Uh, my mom, my dad, my brother, my grandparents, anybody that was around would never acknowledge the people that I saw. So very young, I didn't know who or really what they were, but I, I recognized that I was the only one that saw them. Um, so I just kind of like always kept quiet about it. And it's not like they were delivering messages and having me speak to people. It was more just like they were there. It was like uh, they knew I could see them. Um, and then when I was 14, I had a very scary experience with one of the invisible people. And um, that was the day that I, I stopped seeing them. I could still hear them, feel them, sense them, but I no longer could physically see them. Um, so I stifled it for years, uh, you know, um, but I, like Rachel said, like I would always stumble into, you know, oh, I'm a medium and, and there's a message for you to hear. And, and, you know, random people would stop me and talk to me about my gifts and, and, you know, they, they were, they could see that, that I had them. Um, but still to this day, and I'm much older than 14 now, um, <laughs> you know, approximately 30 years later, I still don't see them. Um, if I am meant to see them, they only come to me in my dreams. So have I, you know, experienced this all of my life for as far back as I can remember? Yes. Um, I remember when, when people used to talk about their kids, uh, in my career, having imaginary friends, I would think, oh, no, 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 those aren't imaginary friends. Those are invisible <laughs> people. Right. Um, because all too often that's what we do. We write it off. Um, I believe everybody's born with the gift. Um, it's just a matter of fostering and facilitating it. So that's sort of my experience. Um, and uh, I fell into the team in uh, 2012, <laughs> I think. And in 2016, when they were finally recruiting, they approached me and said, like, if you want to throw down, do it. And I did. And we've never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to interrupt now. Yay! <laughs> um, I wrote this when you guys first joined on. Actually, I wrote a little bit. And then, um, Allison, when you joined on, very first thing I wrote on my page was intuitive person. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've, you've uh, said that a couple of times. But um, in my little note, too, I put that uh, there's more for you to explore. So I think there is more opening doors for you. And you just have to embrace it. Um, they also kind of tell me too for you that um, there there's no more procrastinating and just to have some more confidence in your abilities because great rewards will come, especially when you spend some time alone and focus on your the love, the love that you want to share with what your abilities are. Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Shine that light, girlfriend. Shine that oh, light. You like totally just yeah. slayed that. You I'm, I'm like. 
cripes. <laughs> Rachel doesn't speak often, but when she does, everybody listens. <laughs> right? She's our resident medium. I can confirm she is bang on. I would have <laughs> been in my life for the last six weeks, but she's not. <laughs> Rachel, the other Rachel, <laughs> do you have any more stories for us? Some really good, juicy paranormal tales. Hmm. Soldiers. <laughs> Come so this on. one kind of spans. Okay. I will follow Allison's lead here. So this one kind of spans like 10 different investigations, which is really strange and kind of funny and how it all fell, fell into place. So again, at Lang's Pioneer Village, when we went, they had um, a military display. And we, we went and we investigated, spent a few hours in the dark there. We, uh, we came back, you know, we, we went through all of our, all of our stuff, all of our evidence and everything. We went on another investigation and then we, we were at work um, at the haunted uh, escape place and then a few more investigations. But every time we would go out, we would always hear this, these two voices come through the ghost box and it would always say Nick and Mike, Nick and Mike. So Allison and I would look at each other and be like, who the heck is Nick and Mike? So we're like, okay, you know what? We need to figure this out. So one of the psychics that we knew at the time, we went to see her. And the first thing out of her mouth was, who's Nick and Mike? And we're like, uh, we, uh, <laughs> that's why we're here. We need to know. So she's like, okay, well, you know, they're telling me that they were in the military. They're connected to you, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we're like, okay, well, at least we have some background information now. So one night after work, Allison and I sat down and we're like, okay, Nick, what's your last name? And then he said, Walsh. And like, where are you from? Oh, I'm from around here. And, you know, what did you do? Like, were you part? And so on and so forth. And then we did the same for Mike. Mike, what's your last name? Where are you from? Um, all that kind of questions. Any answer that we got from the ghost box, we wrote down. Um, don't ask me where that paper is now. For some reason, it's missing. But uh, <laughs> with that information, I went on to my ancestry account and I started to look and I went on to military records and all that. I uh, went on to the Canadian military records um, and I found a Nick Walsh and I can't remember Mike's last name because I only know. Um, and a Mike. Car, Not car fourth. Car fourth or something like that. Crawford, Crawford. Uh, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we found them. So I, I, I gathered all this information. I went back to the, to the psychic and I presented it to her and I didn't say anything. And she's like, oh yeah, this is Nick and Mike. They're saying, yes, you found them. Congratulations. She's like, but they're connected to you, Rachel. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, they're connected to you. They're connected to somewhere, someone in your family who's, who's been to war. And it's just like, mm, the only person in my family who has been to war was my great grandfather. And he died on the beach. Mm, can't be part that doesn't make any sense. Um, and she's like, no, 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 no. They're, they're connected to you through the through war. You're a family member in the war. And I'm like, there's no way. So of course I have to go do some more digging, which I love by the way. So it didn't bother me any. And it, and it turns out that my other great grandfather. So my, my mom's grandma's dad who died when she was six months old, served in war in the same battalion at the same time with Nick and Mike. Wow. So yeah, that was kind of one of those, those things where it's just like everything just came together through like 10 different investigations of 
10 different locations that had nothing to do with these two, but had everything to do with me and Allison. Mm. That's very so, cool that they, they followed yeah. you and, and used the, the ghost box to come through and it finally made that connection. Right, so, Rachel? They're still here. They're yeah, still they're here. still here. Yeah. Well, Mike you. disappears. Mike disappears, but uh, Nick is Nick is always around. He's a lurker. Um, but uh, yeah, we know their voice. We've had a few mics come up, but they're all very distinct in the way they pronounce themselves and sound like it. Um, so we always know when it's soldier mic versus other mics. So it's it's it was just so fascinating when 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 Rachel uh, and I were able to can just connect it all um, in. And I know the exact moment that I picked up Mike, Mike was mine and Nick was hers. That's how they rolled. Mike was always with me and Nick was always with her, but we, um, we are so blessed to be allowed to go into the archive rooms and touch things that not everybody's allowed to touch. Um, and I had touched the, so they had um, replicas and real medals and uniforms because they were trying to basically be able to make the replicas so that they could, you know, put on these displays at the museum. And uh, so it was a joke with our team medium at, at, at the time. It was a different medium. He said, uh, tell me which one is real and tell me which one isn't. Right. And I touched them both and I felt this zap like in my left hand. I was like, whoa that one's real. It's got energy. Right. And then I'm sure that's when I picked up Mike and we did find out that his uh, adult children had given uh, some of his uh, war things, donated it to uh, Lang's museum because that was where they were from. They trained on uh, the Keene river area, which is, is the river that runs through um, right through where to the mill is there. So it's pretty fascinating. Mm. How must, be, must be tons of residual energy in those places. Oh, there is. Black Creek Pioneer Village is one of the worst for that. Well, anytime we have anybody on who's, who talks about a, a Pioneer Village, and there's several, yeah. they always have yeah. great stories from those places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would you like yeah. to hear a great story from Black Creek? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> That's why we're here. This, this is like one of those funny stories, but it's great nonetheless. So um, we got to investigate. Black Creek Pioneer Village uh, back in 2014 um, at night as a private group. Uh, we had, uh, we picked like the main houses and the main buildings that uh, said were said to have a lot of activity. So we were over it at the Richmond Hill Mance, which is just across from the cemetery. And uh, speaking of which, we have a really great class A EVP from the cemetery. But uh, just after that, we were in the Richmond Hill Mance and me and another investigator at the time were in the front room that was used as the office. Um, and there was a Bible on a desk and we were just sitting there, you know, asking questions, um, using the ghost box. Um, at one point I looked down and the ovulus said, Jim. And we're like, who's Jim? You know, is there a Jim here? You know, why is it saying Jim? Um, we couldn't really figure it out, put our finger on it um, at the time. So we were continuing to ask questions and she was like, okay, Reverend, because the manse is where the Reverend lived. She's like, okay, Reverend, I'm going to close my eyes and flip through your Bible and I'm going to put my finger down and the verse that it lands on is going to be something that tells me about you, something about you. So I'm watching her and she's flipping through the Bible and she stops and she drops her finger and she starts reading and she's like, oh, I can't read this out loud. I'm like, now you have to like, come on, you got to read it out loud. 
She's like, all right. She's like, it's talking about male genitalia and circumcising and all that. And I was like, oh, well, that's really strange. So we get finished investigating the manse and we head back to the halfway house, which is our like base camp for the night. And it's where I had all my notes. And so I was flipping through my notes because I wanted to know who Jim was. Well, it turns out the reverend who used to live there was James. So Jim. And his last name was Dick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it was said that in life, he was a very eccentric man. And it seems that he's still that way in death. We were in that, uh, we were in that manse as well there, Dan. Um, That's right. We we did a podcast from Black Creek Pioneer Village. Yeah. Yeah, and when we were in the manse, that was, it was crazy with the, our meters going off, like just, you know, uh, we didn't get any EVPs, but we, uh, our meters were just going yeah, crazy. Our, our, our K2 meters were like lit up like Christmas trees the whole yeah. time, yeah, like yeah. nonstop. And we tried, we, to just, we tried to debunk it and we, you know, and it was just, I don't know, yeah. it must have been spiritual energy. Like yeah. that's like the one place in the whole like village there that our medium will not go in. She cannot, she will refuse us to go in that house. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was pretty yeah. thick, pretty heavy in there. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a very cool place. Very haunted. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> it didn't, dis- it didn't disappoint. That's for sure. All right. I think uh, we will wrap things up unless you have. Any extra stories you'd like to throw at us that we might have not covered? <laughs> I don't know. Allison, do you have any stories? Um, you know, uh, well, I think one thing I would say that, um, you know, would keep people uh, engaged is uh, something that we've learned is to um, always expect the unexpected, but never have any expectations. Um, so often when we do presentations or have discussions, we will make it very clear that spirit are not performing circus monkeys. Um, we always choose to use manners and be respectful. It's key. You are a guest in their home going in, um, and asking a lot of questions. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of people want to go out there and do this and they think, oh, it's so easy. I'm just going to contact Rachel and the team and I have spent years working to build uh, trust and establish rapport. And I think it's so very important when anybody's looking at doing this type of work um, that they recognize that, that you have to remain professional. We have never trespassed. We never will. You know, we are rule followers. Um, we always seek permission. Rachel has very clear documents uh, looking for confidentiality. Um, you know, what are we allowed to reveal? What are we not allowed to reveal? Some of the best places we've been, we are not allowed to say a word because they are not allowed. They don't want the affiliation of haunted. Um, yeah. You know, but I think that's really key. People often listen to these podcasts and think I'm going to go out and do this. Um Rachel and I have found ourselves in situations where we have had people come through with other languages as well, um, mm-hmm. talking to us, and we will use Google Translate <laughs> to answer them. True story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 that's when we say, you know, expect the unexpected because you never know what's going to happen, but always move forward with respect and courtesy and follow the rules. Um, the last thing anybody wants is the reputation of being that team or those people um, that are, you know, jumping fences and, and going into abandoned houses. 
Um, so I think that, you know, just in, in, in this line of work, we, we always need to remember that. And Allison, if uh, you could only investigate one other place for the rest of your life, the bucket list anywhere in the world. Uh, uh, and Rachel, you think about it because that's coming next to you. <laughs> um, I don't know. Rachel and I had like this dream road trip planned. I think Rolling Hills Asylum is one, um, just given the nature of the work and the people I've worked with in my career that I feel compelled to go to but man kingston pen like mm. <laughs> if if i could get in anywhere in ontario that that would be the one yeah yeah kingston penitentiary that would that would be a good one yeah and rachel she's got the same ones as i do oh i see <laughs> um except i'm going to add gettysburg to that because i really want to go to gettysburg as for the kingston pen i did write a letter i did send it i did get a reply they're just not interested right now. Mm. So maybe in the future. <laughs> maybe in the future. <laughs> and, so. uh, and our R Rachel, mm -hmm. anything else to add to with the ladies here? Any, um, any, picking up anything else before we sign off? Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of, I'm putting it out to both of you because I'm not too sure who this sits with, but who has um, maybe like a change or something, a situation that's, not making them feel comfortable right now that they have they're de they're dealing with that would probably be <laughs> right they're both like pointing fingers balls. yes uh-huh okay i was to tell you that um trust that this change will be worth it um okay. it's, it's temporary this discomfort is very temporary Okay. So <laughs> <was> thank like... <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I need, I need to hear that. Uh, we, the, the change is, is, is needed, but extremely stressful. Um, and literally life changing for myself and my family, my girls. Um, it's just the three of us now. So thank you because yeah, I'm an Aquarius and I don't do well in limbo <laughs> and I'm in limbo right now. So I, I really appreciate, uh, appreciate that <laughs> yeah okay i definitely get that fact that it, it feels very very scary but there's there's good things coming behind it so just just carry on <laughs> awesome <laughs> rachel, much, rachel. rachel uh if anybody wants to get a hold of the paranormal seekers uh go right ahead and plug away all right so you can visit us on our website www.theparanormalseekers.ca we have a Facebook page. You just type in our name. We pop up. Same with YouTube. Um, if you want to send us an email, you can always send us one at info at theparanormalseekers.ca. Um, everything is on the website. So if you don't know where to send the email to or who you want to talk to, it'll just kind of guide you from there. Awesome. All right, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Maybe we'll have you back on one day or if, if anything growls at you again or follows you home. <laughs> Let, let us know and uh, we'd love to hear about it. Awesome. Sounds good. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.